Microsoft released a bunch of hardware, Xbox had an event, and we've got a lot to talk about. Happy May, everybody. Microsoft gave us a lot to talk about this week. But before we dive into the, the Surface stuff and the Xbox event, uh, there's some spicy meatballs getting lobbed across the, the Seattle uh, Puget Sound area, if you will. And so there's some corporate drama. You can kind of just play it out as you will. I'm not going to get into the political sides of it, but here's the deal. Microsoft won a very large contract from the Department of Defense. Amazon said, hey, uh, there was some political malfeasance involved and that they really shouldn't have won we had the better tech and then Microsoft and them they went to court and the court said hey you know what Microsoft won or whatever and then this morning we found out that Amazon quietly filed another complaint directly with the DOD we can't actually see the complaint but Microsoft wrote a very large and very public blog post about it this morning and then Amazon responded to that blog post and so these two corporate titans are just fighting it out and it's kind of hilarious and uh, there is 10 billion dollars on the line so it's pretty obvious why these guys are going at it we will see how this shakes out. Uh, I'm not going to get into the political side of it, but you can go dig in and just watch this drama unfold in the Seattle area in real time uh, if that's what you want to do this weekend. So speaking of things that did happen this week, Microsoft gave us uh, a lot to play with, quite literally. This being one of them, this is the Surface Go 2. I've got a Surface Book 3 on the way, uh, but Microsoft dropped the Surface Book 3. The Surface Go 2, the Surface Headphones 2, the Surface Dock 2, the Surface Travel Dock, the Surface Earbuds. They also have some new keyboard and bundle accessories and all that stuff. I'm not going to do a deep dive into each individual product, just some high-level stuff. Um, the Surface Book 3 is a pretty good upgrade. It is the Ice Lake variant. Uh, the Surface Go 2 is getting 8th Gen uh, Core M. That is what this one is. Or it's still the baseline Pentium Gold stuff. That You know, the kind of gut reaction for the Surface Go too is I like this device. It, it's definitely for a specific market. You've got to be you've got to be wanting something of this size. Uh, the the challenge I still have with this device, at least initially, is that if you don't have uh, an existing Go, you already have to buy the type cover, which adds another roughly hundred bucks. There's a lot of like kind of hidden taxes with this thing, and you really don't want to get that 399 model because it comes with a Pentium uh, Gold processor and that slow EMM MMC. So you're looking probably like. $599 is probably about where you're going to end up spending on this, which isn't cheap. But if you are in the market for a small, super ultra portable device, this should be on your radar. But at the same time, if you're also looking for an ultra portable, I'd actually probably recommend the Pro X over a Go at this time. So there is definitely a market for the Go. I'm not, I'm not trying to underscore that. I'm not saying this is a bad device. I'm not trying to like, like preempt my review. It's just, you got to know what you're getting for the hardware and I'll have more on that later. The Surface Book 3 update looks great. There's no new ports. There's nothing. It's really just an internal refresh. That's fine. I know people still want Thunderbolt, but it's not coming. We're going to get that with USB 4. That's just the way Microsoft is rolling. You're not going to get Thunderbolt and that's that. Surface Dock 2 actually is the most interesting thing Microsoft announced in my opinion, primarily because the Go 2 is just sort of a, a rough update right i say rough because it did get a larger display slightly um the dock 2 actually has endpoint management capabilities built in which i think is awesome and so i'm gonna get my hands on one of those and then the surface headphones too look fine they, they're really not all that much different to be honest they're black so if you've been saying i'm not buying those because they're not black well, you can now buy them because they're black. The one thing that is still disappointing, which I was kind of raging on Twitter about, is that they don't work with the Xbox One. So ah, I would have, I would bought a pair. They're 249 which I believe is 100 bucks less than the original pair, which is a good price. That's not a bad price. Uh, the Surface earbuds, by the way, which are out, are 199 as well now. 
So overall, it, it's a good update. Like it's a, for Microsoft to come out in the spring and say, hey, here's a bunch of hardware. This was a pretty good event. It would have been a good event like to go to in person. My gut says that this would have been a smaller Microsoft event. Sometimes they have really large ones where like everybody under the sun is invited. And sometimes they have events that are much smaller and there's only like 20 or 30. I suspect this would have been like the 20 to 30 style event uh, where it would have been just Panos just sitting on a chair, just blabbing away. Um, you know, blabbing is probably uh, not the right word, but you know, uh, professing his love for the new hardware because it's much more intimate and it's i prefer those events to the larger ones that's just an aside whatever anyways a good roundabout update if you look back to let's say roughly about november or october whenever they did that uh, microsoft has completely revamped all their hardware except for the the surface studio which we'll see about that one we will see about that one the other big news out of microsoft this week that is now kind of glossed over now that we have all this pretty new service hardware is that 10x kind of just got reshuffled. Uh, Windows 10x is Microsoft's big, big update to Windows. It, it sort of reconfigures things under the hood. You get Win32 containers, which is the big deal. And so it's no longer going to be a for dual screen devices, at least initially. Microsoft is saying, or I should say Pandas is explicitly saying, hey, they are now targeting single screen devices with Windows 10x and that dual screen devices will come later, but not this year, which means that, hey, the Surface Neo is not coming this year. It's been delayed. It's the second major kind of delay when you look at the Surface earbuds. Is this some sort of, is there some sort of mystery going on? No, not really. I think this is just Panos looking at and saying, hey, let's release products when they're ready and when it's right, not just shove things out the door because of whatever. I'll be very curious to see the path ahead now with Windows 10X, now that they are fully on board with the, we're going for single screen devices, which I firmly believe is the right approach, by the way. I don't think launching them on dual screen devices was a way to go to get this product out the door. I'm hoping that we're going to get a beta soon. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Because now they're doing single screen devices, why can't they put the 10X on here? It'd be kind of nice. So be on the lookout for that. We've got Microsoft build stuff actually coming up here in a couple weeks, and maybe we'll get some more information on what is happening there. That will be a good time for Microsoft to start talking about it. So that is the major Surface hardware stuff. I've done a lot on the channel about this. Um, I'm, I'm happy to answer questions. Actually, there's a lot of good questions this week, some of them touching on all of this. But Microsoft gave us a lot to chew on because not only did they launch major new hardware, like this is a pretty significant refresh, which all of it's uh, available starting, I think, next week and or sometime before the end of the month, but it'll be available in May, is Microsoft also had its Xbox 2020, its first, I should say, Xbox 2020 event. And it kind of didn't go so well. Um, <laughs> I, I So here's the deal. Microsoft went onto the Twitters and everything before this event talking about Xbox 2020. And they have been on point with their marketing and messaging and how they've been doing things. And they really, really sold this event as, as the first time. The first time we're going to see next generation gameplay. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be everything. And it kind of just wasn't. It, the reason being is that they didn't, they showed off some gameplay, but a lot of it was more like game trailers that were using the rendering engine, but weren't necessarily playing the game. And that's what I think people were looking for is actually seeing like, hey, what does the HUD look like? What is, how do, how do, how long does it take to load a game? How long does it take to go through a cutscene? Those sorts of things. And they didn't show really any of that. And so Microsoft you missed on this one. If they would have just done a normal inside Xbox event, like what they do and say, hey, look, we're going to do this on May. We're going to show off some trailers uh, using the in-game engine for the next generation stuff. I think that would have been perfect. Then people wouldn't have gone in because like I was looking, 
we're all looking for, hey, I want to see some ray tracing effects. I want to see all this stuff. I want to see a player in a, a, a real, you know, gaming environment moving around and seeing the light refracting and reflecting and all that stuff. And we didn't get that. And so Microsoft missed on this one so much so that Aaron Greenberg, uh, a pretty high prominent person in the Xbox world said, um, had we not just said anything and just shown uh, a May inside Xbox uh, like we did last month, I suspect the reactions would have been differently. Clearly, we set some wrong expectations, and that's on us. We appreciate the feedback, and I can assure you, we will all take this in and learn as a team. He said that on Twitter in a reply to somebody. So at least the good news here is that at least Microsoft isn't dense thinking that this was, this was a home run event. They understood, they oversold this, and there we go. Now, the other thing they did clarify, which this is a clarification of a clarification, is that their first-party games aren't going to be shown off until Xbox 2020 July. Originally, they had said June, um, and now we're here to July. And they've already talked about some of the other events, but we're missing out on what, what is going on in June. Microsoft said, hey, we're doing this monthly thing, but they haven't announced what they're doing in June. Um, so there's a lot of speculation around that there's going to be more hardware reveal, maybe potentially a, a price reveal or a pre-order date reveal. Um, I'm hoping we get all that. I'm hoping we get price. I'm hoping we get uh, date. And the uh, the big thing I'm hoping for, I hope they clarify the audio situation. I want to know how we're going to connect our headsets to the box. Now, my gut says, hey, it's going to be Bluetooth because Phil Spencer does understand like how convenient that is. But I don't know if that's actually correct. We are going to have to wait and see on how headsets are going to work with the next generation console. That is a big unknown. Um, I'm a huge headset user. I would have bought the Surface uh, headphones too if that would have worked but we can't we don't know that is a big question so be on the lookout for what microsoft is going to be doing in june i suspect that it's going to be hopefully a good event but like i said things are all up in the air and we're juggling a lot of different balls here and microsoft is kind of throwing his curveballs here and there so it'll be interesting times ahead the other interesting thing too that was announced was the xbox games being optimized for the next generation console they kept they showed off the new logo or not not the series x logo but the optimized thing and so what that allows is games to use basically they can be up to 4k 120 frames per second but i don't think we're going to see all that um but it just basically is saying hey remember the how they had the one for the series x well it's back for xbox uh or i should say they have the one for the one x and now it's back for the series x kind of keep tough to keep that stuff straight anyways all that being said there was some information that got tossed out and i believe it got deleted i couldn't find it right before this podcast it said that all games for the series x are going to be 60 frames per second or better was sort of vaguely talked about online 60 frames per second or better that is huge like that is, if the baseline is 60 frames per second that is amazing now i think they got rid of some of the the tweets that were talking about this, um, there was definitely some that got removed across the, the Twitter sphere. But the whole thing here is that 60 frames per second is the target, right? It's absolutely a target. I think the reason why they can't come out and say, hey, it absolutely is, is because you know there's going to be that one game that shows up with 30 frames per second or there's like big explosions on scene, Michael Bay style, and that drops that frame rate. And so then legally they can't say every game is 60 frames per second because you could point to where it's not. Anyway, so it definitely looks like 60 frames per second is the baseline that every game is targeting and it's going to be ramping up significantly from there hopefully that's what microsoft's going to start talking about because we don't fully know how developers are approaching all this now always keep in mind too that the first generation games are always going to be a little bit more rough than what you see at the very end of like say the one x generation just because developers one they didn't have final hardware and they might be working off sdks and things are still fluid and right you got to get you got to hit a deadline and so all that good stuff 
anyways, um, looks like some interesting times ahead. Microsoft definitely had a misstep this time around, but this has been the first big misstep. And let's be clear here. This isn't a major gaffe. Some people are running around the, the Twitter worlds and saying, this is the worst thing. Xbox is doomed. It's doomed. Um, it, it's really, really not. This, like, if you're going to screw something up, this is the one to screw up. Like, this is, they didn't screw up on price. They didn't screw up on availability. They didn't screw up by putting a connect in there. They didn't screw up by saying, hey, look, it's all TV stuff. Um, they, they said, they oversold how they were going to show off the games. This is minor at the end of the day. We will all move on and life will be good. And speaking of moving on, let's refresh the questions for the week. I always tweet these out. So if you're not following me on Twitter, it's at BDSams. That way you can find out where to ask questions. And so we can go, oh, geez, you guys with your your, your names, I can never pronounce these. Uh, Chevelli? Chevelli? Uh, can upcoming asks, Chevelli asks, let me clarify there. Can the upcoming Windows 10X single screen devices catch up with Chromebooks? So I guess that kind of depends on what you mean with Chromebooks. So Chromebooks, in my opinion, are targeting a slightly different demographic realistically, and maybe that's the wrong way to approach it than Windows 10X. Chromebooks are just these really, really lightweight machines. They do basically nothing offline. They've got to be completely connected. I don't think Windows 10X is quite going there. I realistically think Windows 10X is sort of almost like a prototype for what uh, Windows 10 will eventually become, especially with the underlying container technology. We, have, we don't know enough about the full vision of 10X. There's also, to your point, can they catch up with Chromebooks? That's a big question because Chromebooks have a huge lead. I mean, they're already out and shipping. You can walk into Best Buy right now and buy one if you want. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they can catch up because there's so many different ways you can define catch up. Can they get devices out next year with laptops that run 10X? Absolutely. Is it going to undercut what uh, Chromebooks are doing on price and performance and capability? That we don't know. Uh, next, his next question says, can the Surface Duo stand up in the market as it runs an, it runs Android and is uh, and way costly so the iPhone can look like a better choice for most people? The thing about the Duo is I, this is not going to be a high volume sales device. This is going to be Microsoft showing off that they can build dual screen devices within Android and that you have a good set of tools in the Microsoft stack that allow you to approach this ecosystem. I partially think this is a hedge on Microsoft's front. They don't know, much like most, most of us, we don't really know if dual screen devices are going to become a thing. Are they ever going to be more popular than single screen devices? We don't really know. I personally don't think so. But in the offs, in the off chance that it does happen, Microsoft can't afford to not be playing in that ecosystem and not have dev developer tools or hardware in that space, which is why we see them going into it. It's a hedge that says, hey, if this market takes off, we're already a player and we're willing to take that loss if it doesn't materialize. If it does, great. If not, we'll keep moving on. I let me be clear. The Duo is not going to be a high volume device that sells like in the same capacity of a single traditional smartphone. It's just not going to be there. I don't really care unless they make it free. It's not going to be that style of device. It's going to be um, for the enthusiast market only. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean it's going to be a bad device. It just means it's not a mass market device. It's a, a you're you will go out and buy a Surface Duo no matter what if you are planning to buy a Surface Duo. An iPhone is not going to tempt you from that. If you are walking into Verizon and you're looking at devices, I don't think the Duo is going to be a type of device that you would buy. I don't even know if it's going to be at Verizon. I'm just using that as an example. Um, and he says, is there an insider program coming to Windows 10X? Maybe. I definitely think there's a developer program coming for Windows 10X. I mean, it's already kind of here, right? Where you can already download the, the, uh, the emulator. So... 
Uh, Mad Thinus says, smart delivery. Do you think this is a hindrance for Xbox with some of the developers or one of the smarter moves by Xbox? As a gamer, I really love this idea. I still feel burned about having to buy and rebuy some of the games looking at you Diablo 3. So smart delivery, which you should go check out, uh, is a feature that is alongside like Xbox Optimized. Then you have smart delivery and they're actually showing off a bunch of games. I think this is honestly a consumer focused, happy move. Um, it's also a slight marketing play too, right? If you can say games are set up for uh, smart delivery, it, it's just another badge of honor that you can utilize in your marketing material. So I think it's a smart move. I think it's a consumer happy, consumer friendly, a consumer happy move, consumer friendly move. Uh, I know, I understand why companies will not take advantage of it, but at the end of the day, I think those that do take advantage of it are going to have better and happier end users. And honestly, they might get better reviews because of it. Just because if you have, imagine, I know this isn't a perfect example, you'll see why, but imagine you have two football games. I know that's never going to happen really, but if one supports smart delivery and one doesn't, it's one, just one more benefit of buying that version of the game. So, uh, KJ PDA says, uh, trying to decide on what Surface to replace the Surface 3 price tag 650. Should I go for Surface Go LTE, the latest Surface Core i3 or Core M3 or Surface Go 2 Core M3? So I, I would need to know what you're trying to do because at 650, you can get a pretty well equipped Surface Go 2. You realistically can. The reason why I need to know what you're doing because buying something with LTE means you have a specific reason why you're wanting LTE. Candidly, I don't tell most people to buy LTE products because they don't need them. If you need connectivity sparingly on the go, just set your phone up as a hotspot and use it that way. Uh, it's not worth paying an extra $100 to get the LTE. I would invest that money in either more storage or, or more RAM um, at that point. So if you specifically need LTE, if you really, really do, then get the go because that's going to be the most bang for your buck. Now, if you're... Going for 650, you might be able to find a Surface Pro 6 uh, for 650 bucks, which I honestly think might have a longer shelf life for, in terms of performance than a Core M3 Surface Go 2. If you want the Surface Go 2, it's because you like the form factor. If you're looking for something that is going to last for years and years and years and years, I don't know if the goal, if the Go 2 is going to be the device, just because the Core M3 and, or even the Pentium Gold don't, they're not quite as performant as some of the uh, the chips that you can get in the bigger brother. Uh, Eisner says, two questions for you, Brad. Uh, you recently have mentioned that you're moving away from voice assistance in your home. I remember when Alexa first became big, you were all about Alexa in the smart home, so much so that it seems I remembered you were going into your uh garage onto voice assistants or something along those lines. What changed? The things that kind of changed are one, their value became less and less. I, it's not that we don't use voice assistants in this house. We still have the Amazon one in our kitchen. Um, the problem is, is that these things are, require maintenance, which, and what I mean by that is like when we change things in the house, when we update Sonos uh, apps break. And so it's just another product that you have to maintain with all of the IOT connections, because as much as they would love to tell you that those things never break, they do. And so that's that we deal, we still absolutely use the Amazon thing for timers, uh, for occasional weather. And my daughter does occasional jokes. Uh, we did have it rigged up and do all the lighting and all that. But what we realized it's just one easier to use your phone uh, with, with the apps 
it, it's just more reliable and two you don't have to scream in the air so voice assistants absolutely have their place i'm not trying to undersell it i know lots of people love them um, but what we realized after like roughly about maybe a year of really really hardcore usage is that they're the benefit doesn't materialize in a way that is substantially better than what you get with just your phone and apps at least that is my opinion of it and so they do add convenience to some level but at the end of the day it just wasn't it just wasn't worth the upkeep and maintenance that we were investing in that so uh what star more star wars movies have you actually watched other than the crappy sequel trilogy not trying to just start a debate so i have seen the very 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 first one the original the og star wars that had some honestly pretty terrible acting and the cinematics were not all that great um but i've saw that one i definitely have seen rogue one uh, i saw that in the theater with paul and then the last three um, and then I've seen one of the early episode one, two, three ones, uh, that are always, everybody always hates them with the Jar Jar Binks. Um, I've, I know I've seen that one, but I couldn't tell you the plot line or anything. Um, and so maybe I'll go back and watch those if they're 4k HDR or whatever goodness down upstairs on my TV when we get some time, but that's it. I mean, I've seen quite a few of them. The problem is I just never really saw them in order or never really cared to pay attention to the plot lines, uh, when watching them. NGC224 says, any word on Microsoft Surface Duo? Can we still expect a limited release this summer? Microsoft, I was kind of hoping we was going to talk about that this week, but they did not. They're still saying holiday or I believe second half um, 2020 specifically. So I don't quite know when they're coming. All I can tell you is that the hardware and everything else is pretty dang ready. Uh, I believe there's some internal deadline early June for the hardware and software configurations. I don't quite know what it is yet, but somewhere around then they have a big deadline. That might be the final sign-off for the software. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Avaroda says, Brad, do you think there's a future where Windows 10 Home is replaced with 10X? I do. I do think that. I, Windows 10 Home um, could very easily be replaced. Well, not, let me qualify that. Could be replaced by 10X is a very real possibility. We don't quite know what complete feature set is going to arrive in Windows 10X when it is finalized, uh, but very much so Home could go away in favor of 10X, depending on what features are built in and how Microsoft wants to approach that. Uh, Red Star says, saw a recently review of the early version of PC xCloud streaming applications. It was a dev preview, I think. Any idea when that's coming out uh, to the masses and will, support, and will it support the Surface Pro X? Keep up the great work. Um, so I've played with it myself actually as well. I didn't do a video or anything on it because I did it for, for reasons. Um, I think it's closer to release sooner rather than later. I was actually curious to see if they were going to announce it uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I'm losing track of my days. It's it's getting pretty close. I would expect that no later than end of June it should be released. I'm not quite sure why Microsoft was holding it back. The other interesting thing too is keep in mind that xCloud on iOS still only supports the Master Chief Collection. And so there's not any additional games. Not that they need any additional games potentially, but keep in mind that because of everybody working at home, things have drastically slowed down in the release schedule uh, for some of this stuff. If it's not like a high priority, getting things out the door is significantly more challenging because obviously everybody's at home and not in the xbox offices and so uh they could push it out soon and it would be probably ready to go but i don't have the exact date uh yet although i can tell you it does work fairly well just like everything else with xcloud so there you go uh will it support the service pro x it should whether or not it will on day one i don't know um i wonder if i can try to sideload it i guess 
That might work. I, I, I might be able to figure this out, actually. Um, so keep up the great work. Turnigit says, hi, Brad. I have a few questions regarding the new Surface products. I hope that's okay. It's absolutely okay. This is my favorite part. Uh, which device does the new Dock 2 support? I've heard multiple things stating no SP3 at all. All products are going to be supported. So I think there's some, there's some muddiness around this. Um, because what micro, oh, here's, here's the line that Microsoft told me. They told me that the Pro 3 the Pro 4 and the Surface Book 1 do not support the Dock 2, nor does the Surface Studio, but I don't know why you do the Studio. If, and then they came out and said, effectively, any product released uh, before 2017 will not support the Dock 2. Now, I would bet that if you plug the Dock 2 into one of those devices, it would probably work, but you're not going to get some features, including the higher bandwidth, because you got to remember the Dock 2 now supports two 4K devices at 60 hertz, which I believe the old one could not. And then it also supports fast charging and some other modern features, which is primarily why, because the new Surface, the updated Surface Connect port has more bandwidth than the older Surface Connect port. And that is why those products are not officially supported. That being said, I bet if you plugged it in, I bet it might work. Um, don't quote me on that and do not buy a Surface Dock 2 thinking that, hey, I have a Pro 3 and I can plug this thing into it and get 60 frames per second on two 4K displays. That is not going to happen. So uh, just keep in mind, just the older style Surface Connect port is the baseline factor that determines whether or not it will work. So uh, more specifically, is the Surface Book 2, Surface Pro 4, and Surface Go supported by the new Dock? Surface Boot, Surface, ugh. Surface Book 2, yes. Surface Pro 4, no. And I, the Surface Go was not explicitly listed. I don't know, but um, I would hedge that you, the Surface Go is so underpowered that I don't know why you would want to dock that thing anyways, personally speaking. Um, I can understand why you'd want additional ports, but I would be hesitant to plug in a whole bunch of peripherals other than like mice and keyboard and maybe some storage into that thing because it's going to struggle to drive uh, multiple external displays where you would need Surface Dock 2 over Surface Dock 1. So keep that in mind. Uh, to second question is, I currently use the Dock uh, Mini Display Support to display port a uh, daisy chain from one screen to the next. Does the Dock 2 still support daisy chaining? I believe it does. Uh, can I just use USB-C to display port adapter and connect my displays with it? I believe that is what Microsoft is recommending. I, I don't have one personally, so I can't test that, but I believe that is what they are recommending. Uh, do any of the GPUs in the new Surface Book 3 announce support Minecraft with ray tracing? I heard that the Quadro RTX supports ray tracing, but wasn't sure if it would be compatible with Minecraft. I believe it is compatible with Minecraft, but you're not going to, don't buy the Quadro version for Minecraft. Um, technically, I believe it'll work, but a Quadro card is designed for AI ML computation, not necessarily uh, gaming performance. So I don't actually believe that the 1660 is not a 2060, so it doesn't have the RTX. And then uh, his next question is, uh, for the Surface Pro X, Microsoft updated the pen, Slim Pen. Is the pen for the Surface Book 3 go-to also updated in any way? I don't believe so. I don't believe there's been any updates to the pen. Um, other than what we've seen with the Pro X. And then the, can the Zephyrus headphones 2 and earbuds be paired with multiple devices? Yes. Now, I don't quite know. The only reason, I, the only reason I'm hesitating is one, it uses Bluetooth, which we know Bluetooth can be paired with multiple devices. That's not an issue. Um, is that they do have a Surface Audio application on iOS and Android. And I don't quite know if you would need that. Um, what would happen if you had that up and running on multiple phones sitting next to each other, what would happen? But the baseline connectivity is Bluetooth. So uh, Will says, Brad, in your opinion, does Microsoft want to stay in the Surface computer hardware business with the most recent hardware announcements to say uh, a lot here is my question is just why? Why 
are they in this business if other devices if other device makers do just as good of a job if not better on hardware microsoft builds tries to build, I should say, premium product. And they do sell like a decent amount of them, over a billion dollars every quarter. Last Christmas, they got close to $2 billion. So it's, while it is a small business in the overall grand scheme of how Microsoft makes money, it's not insignificant. The other reason too, is this gives Microsoft a showcase piece for what Windows and what hardware can be. You gotta remember why Surface was started. Surface was started because Apple was effectively killing the market with premium devices and PC makers didn't have premium products. They had these, like go look at, I think it's a Dell like D420 or whatever it was. Like they were all just plastic crap. And then Surface came out with what was conceived to be a high quality piece of material. Now, granted, I fully agree with you that you can go get more value for your buck at Dell, HP, or all these other guys. But I think the intent for Microsoft is to build and release a, a high quality grade piece of material and machinery every so often. They're not trying to dominate the PC market. They're not trying to dominate just the Windows market. They're trying to just build devices that people like, that work well, and that don't have a lot of kind of just other crap on it, if you will. These things remind me of like the signature PCs a little bit, although they do still do come because Windows has some issues uh, with like bundled crapware. Um, but you don't get, you don't get the, you don't get RGB. You don't get some crazy high end gaming machines that have folding multiple displays that have, uh, touch bars that, they're just kind of like brutalist style. They kind of remind me of like a Soviet era, um, design. And I, I, I dig it. And I think a lot of people like it and I'm happy that they are doing this. Microsoft can be in this business as a leader. And that's what they hope to be. And I believe that's what they have established. You got to remember too, there's also, they also sell these things. I mean, it's a business for Microsoft. So I don't think they're going to bow out here uh, anytime soon. And, and, and the big one, which I completely glossed over is Microsoft is willing to take the risks that other vendors are not. Specifically, look at the Surface Pro X. The Surface Pro X, where it uses an a, or a Qualcomm chip. I don't think any other vendor would have taken that bet. Microsoft is willing to take those bets and, and showcase what Windows and the underlying architecture can do. And so there's those are some of the reasons why they, they stay in there um, because they can afford to do that. You can't imagine uh, HP launching a Surface Pro X effectively and then losing a whole bunch of money. Then they're not going to come back the next time around and build another product uh, basing hopefully you guys are, are following what I'm saying. Uh, Jamito says, uh, read this yesterday that the new keyboard on the Surface Go 2 has an additional magnet on the top uh, of the tablet as well as near the trackpad so that the keyboard stays closed by magnets and won't flip open as easy as say on the Surface Pro X. Can you confirm? So I have two of them right here. So this is the old Surface Go right here. Let's see what happens. I'm going to hold it here and boop. Yep, it drops down. And so let's go here on the Surface Go 2. And yeah, at least it feels that way. I got to double check that, but um, can it? Yeah, it definitely feels like there's a magnet up there. Why Microsoft didn't? Microsoft did a, this announcement kind of weird compared to some of the others. So yeah, it does kind of feel that way. Actually, that's a nice little addition. I did not know that. I learned something new. This is why I love the question. So there you go. Um, so there you go. There's the test. I mean, look, you can see here, it does pop open. See, it's the problem is, is that I'm, I'm pinching on this backside when I'm doing this. And so to do that without pinching is tough, but it does kind of feel that way. I mean, 
Yeah, you can kind of see that opens up right away. So there you go. Learn something new. Thank you for that tip. Uh, Herectic says, no questions. Just wanted to thank you for your weekly videos. I look forward to them every Friday. Well, thank you, Herectic. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys hanging out. I do this for fun. It's I hopefully that comes across because I enjoy this. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you have a wonderful week. Hit that subscribe button. Catch all of you right back here next time.